You are now listening to the Q&E Podcast. What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Q&E Podcast, and you're here with your boy Q Hitch right now. And I got Edgar on the other line. Edgar, tell the people what's good. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Q&E Podcast. We got a lot to talk about today, man. We got a full uh, NBA All-Star Weekend recap. Some pretty uh, funny takes to go with that. Uh, big man won three-point contest. Possibly the worst dunk contest in history. It's a lot to talk about, boy. Uh, yeah, we got a lot of entertainment for y'all. Uh, March Madness right around the corner. So we, we got a pretty good show for y'all today. Yes, sir. And before we dive into anything, man, it is snowfall day tomorrow. If you guys do not know, snowfall is back on the air tomorrow, the 23rd. And I could not be more excited to see my niggas, Franklin Saint. Back in the building. It looked like he about to have a kid. So you already know he's going to be about that real hey, business move this season. And then Franklin he gotta, still got to be in the gym. Yeah, he's been in the gym for ain't sure. Ain't nobody finna be pushing Franklin around no more, Hey, he ain't on no cane no more. And now he beefing with his people too? Man, mm-hmm. this season going to be awesome shit. I cannot wait for Snowfall to drop tomorrow. Y'all already know what the deal is. We're going to have Snowfall recaps every Thursday. So definitely tune in. Then we got some Marvel shows coming out. We got Moon Knight coming out on March 30th. We're going to uh, tap into that. We're going to review Power Book 4. We were going to do that every week, but we're just going to do like a five-episode recap on that. So episodes one through mm-hmm. five, we're going to do it at the end of episode five. And then six through 10, we're just going to recap that as well. So definitely tune in with the recaps and the, the reviews and stuff like that. And Batman comes out next, next week, Friday. Mm-hmm. Comes out next Friday. So I'm telling y'all, we coming with the heat, man. So definitely yes, be ready. Sir. Definitely be ready. And uh, let's dive into the NBA All-Star Weekend. Like Eggert said, it was a lot of things going on. Usually entertaining uh, like, it, uh, like it always is. But something that wasn't entertaining. <laughs> the NBA dunk contest, man. This was the worst NBA dunk contest I personally ever seen. I ended up tweeting like it was a bottom three dunk contest because I was like, I didn't see all of the dunk contests before. So I was like, it could have been something worse. But this was the worst one I've, I've ever seen personally, bro. This shit was trash. And it's crazy because we had so many freak athletes. You're talking about OB Toppin, Jalen Green, Cole Anthony, uh, Juan Toscano. It's like we got all these freak athletes, and these niggas can't even complete a dunk? It was a lot of dunks in this contest that were not being completed, period. That should have been completed on the first try. Yeah. And they was giving them, like, so many attempts. It was just like, bro, they sucked the air out of the building. And I was definitely disappointed in Jalen Green, bro. I thought he was going to win it. He has the bounce. And, but Kenny Smith was saying it during the, the broadcast. Maybe he is just a, a in-game dunker, and it looks like that, that could have been the case the whole time. But how are your feelings on the, the dunk contest? And also, what should be next? Or sh- should we move forward with the dunk contest, or is there something that we should move on to? I think if you're going to move forward with the dunk contest, if you're the NBA, if you're Adam Silver, if you're the Players Association, if you all have a sit-down conversation – the dunk contest cannot remain the same. It cannot continue to be what it has been for all the years now that there has been a dunk contest. I feel like if you're going to move forward with it and keep it, what you need to do 
It's just open the playing field and allow professional dunkers to come into the dunk contest. It should be a professional dunk contest and a regular NBA dunk contest. Or what you could do is you could get you can pick and choose what professional dunkers you want to add to the mix and let them compete against NBA dunkers. And you can have it be like a fan voting on who you want the, the finalists, like what, what it is, five dunkers usually. You can have like fans do a fan voting on, hey, this year we had three professional dunkers and only two NBA players. Next year, you might only have two professional dunkers and three NBA players. I feel that's the next biggest thing because I see way too many YouTube videos of professional dunkers doing dunks that a lot of NBA players cannot do because they practice it on a daily, just like how these NBA players practice their normal game on a daily. So if you're going to move forward with the dunk contest, I say start bringing in professional dunkers to give the crowd a lot more excitement. But the alternative, and you and I have been saying it for a couple of years now, at least three years, scratch the dunk contest and make it a one-on-one competition. That is what the fans will ultimately want to see. Kyrie versus Steph of LeBron versus KD, uh, who else? Um, DeJounte Murray versus Trey Young, Some, something. You know, some type of matchup that the fans usually might not get to see, but would love to see and love to see that competitiveness. It could be, it could bring a whole new monster out of some players if you get uh, Evan Mobley because pride, because pride uh, is going to be on the knows. line, bro. Pride exactly, is going to be on the bro. line, and that's what you want in contests like that. If you have a Kyrie versus Steph type of thing, a lot of times Kyrie wins that matchup. So is Steph going to really come up to play and step up his defense in this one on one matchup? Like it's a lot of storylines can go up, uh, go into it. You can have LeBron versus KD. Who wouldn't want to sit out on the biggest stage? That could be like the battle for the best player in the world in that, in that contest. Could be exactly, um, bro. Could, yeah, it could be solved with that one on one contest. You know what I'm saying? Like it would be dope if they came with a one on one because I and was going to say that. Make it a tournament. Call it king of the court. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who is the best? Who is the best one on one player? And it could solve other, you know, other questions in the in the process. That is that's the answer to all of this. I'm kind of tired of the dunk contest anyway, and I'm hockey tired that they keep putting it last when we keep getting underwhelmed every year. I'd rather yeah. the three-point contest be the last thing and just get the dunk contest out of the way, bro. Because y'all just y'all just get me upset. Like, I'm real, it's been a good night. It's been a good jovial night. Cat won the big, uh, or the big, uh, the three-point competition. Then I got to see this underperforming dunk contest. It's like, all right, bro. I think it needs to be switched at least, or the dunk contest got just got to get out of here, bro. Because unless stars start to dunk in the dunk contest again, I think that's the only thing that can revitalize it. We can't continue with like the lesser known players or the younger mm-hmm. players being the play, uh, being the players that participate in this competition. Like it's not drawing excitement anyway. I heard nobody excited for this dunk competition because a lot of casual fans who are at All Star Weekend didn't even know who these players were. Other than yep. Jalen Green, who was a top three pick, it's like Cole Anthony. Okay, uh, Juan Toscano. Nobody knows him unless you're yep. a Warriors fan. And then Obi Toppin, you know what I'm saying? He plays for the Knicks, so he's probably more known. But still, the casual fan would not know him either. So it's like, what? who are these people? <laughs> who am I rooting for? Like, there's no rooting interest anywhere. So we need to have stars in it if we're going to do it. I understand the actual pro- uh, professional dunker conversation, but I wanted to stick to, to NBA. If you could mm-hmm. add one, you can add one 
professional dunker, but I don't want this to be a, a full-blown professional dunker contest because you still want it to be NBA All-Star. NBA. You want to see that NBA players yeah. in it. You know what I'm saying? So you can maybe add one outsider, but I, you want to keep the essence, you know what I'm saying, the essence of the, the actually having the NBA players. But unless they have stars in it, bro, nothing's going to nothing's going to change. An another thing I pulled from this All-Star weekend, bro, the celebrity all-star game was terrible. I didn't know I didn't anybody <laughs> out there, bro. Like, I only knew, like, legit maybe four people. Miles Garrett, MGK, who was trash, by the way. Uh, I think Quavo played again this year. And it was somebody else that, off the top of my tongue, I can't remember right now. But I don't know what happened. We had we had a good at least 10-year stretch of where we had legit you know, celebrities playing. And now yeah. it's like, we don't even know these people. Like, but you know who saved the celebrity game, bro? Who? Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart oh, saved yeah. the celebrity oh, game definitely. because before he started playing, it was already starting to die. But he mm -hmm. came back and it really put a lot of energy back in that game. A lot of people were excited to see it because they wanted to see him. And a lot of people participated in that game because they wanted to be around his energy and wanted to play against him or play with them. So he right. drew a lot of people you know, to that game without him. It's been on the decline literally ever since, bro. It's never been the same. And I think he saved it. And ever since he stopped playing, it was just like nobody wants to play it no more. It's especially because he won MVP like three, four years in a row. It's just so he was the funniest <laughs> nigga out there. It was just like you got to get it. He didn't even have no reason to win the shit. So <laughs> I, I do agree. Like he definitely played a huge part in revitalizing it and making people pay attention to it again. But we are definitely in that slump now where I, I did not care to watch it. I did not care to even know who was on the team because I, I think they had, like, famous TikTokers on the team. They probably had a few <laughs> famous, like, business people on the team or whatever. But yeah. it's like, no, like, where are the rappers? Where are the, the dancers, the, uh, the TV and movie stars? Like, where are the people that we actually – Adam Sandler. How is Adam Sandler not played in a celebrity game yet? The man who literally plays pickup basketball with everybody, <laughs> one of the most recognizable movie stars of all time. How is Adam Sandler not played in one of these games yet? Why is Chris Brown not in the game again? Why is J. Cole not playing? Why are Cameron, uh, a lot of well-known rappers who play basketball, like, why are they not playing? Even Master P. I let an old Master P get out there just because he's hooped before. He's been in the NBA. Like, come on, bro. They, they just got to do way better with rebranding it. They need another Kevin Hart figure to get the fans and other celebrities to want to be engaged again. And you got to be generational, bro, because a lot of people are not Kevin yeah. Hart, bro. Like, you got to be a different level to actually come into the to the, to the actual All-Star game and actually draw, bring people with you. So I'm definitely excited to see if they can in the, in the future. Mm -hmm. But uh, talking about some other contests, we had the – the three-point contest, like you said, Cat uh, ended up winning that over Trey Young and Luke Kennard. I ended up picking Luke to win, but he came up short. But I was happy to see him actually get to the finals. But definitely shout out to Cat putting on for the bigs. I want to say he yeah. was only the third big man to win the competition. I think it was Kevin Love. Damn, it was Kevin Love, Dirk Nowitzki, and Cat. Mm -hmm. Those are the three big men that actually won the, the three-point contest. So definitely shout out to him. Any comments? Uh, I, I just think it's funny how I think what last year we had two bigs uh battle for the skills competition trophy. Oh, yeah, and now, yeah, yeah, yeah. And now this year we got a big winning the three point contest. So, hey, the guards, y'all need to tighten up, man. These forwards <laughs> and centers out here showing y'all up, and y'all 
in y'all particular bag, so to say. So it, it's just funny how the game has evolved so much now that you could be seven foot and win the three point contest. You could be six ten and win the skills contest. Like that, that's just crazy to me. And I'm gonna bring that up when we start talking about college basketball too. And um, we also had the, the skills competition where it was a weird ass format this year. I don't know what they were trying to do yeah. with the skills competition, but it was weird. It was like three different rounds. Like it was three players per team. It was weird. It was like a rookie team. Uh, the brother, the Antetokounmpo brothers were their own team. And then it was the Cavs team. I think the Cavs team and yeah, the Cavs team ended up winning, but it was just a weird format. I don't know if they should, they could probably change that skills competition too, or get it out because I don't know what the fuck that was, but I don't want to see it next year. I don't, I don't want to <laughs> see that. So they could do a lot of revitalizing with the all-star weekend. The only thing that is confirmed is the three-point contest. Everything mm -hmm. else can be changed. Like, and nobody would be mad about it at all because I don't want to see that skills competition again. Because adding that Mountain Dew ball to the three-point contest, that made it even better. Yeah, like, cause, exactly. cause That's like an extra three, not three. That's an extra five points, I think, added to whatever you make. It, they have two Mountain Dew balls, and it's two of them, so it's an extra four points, yeah. Extra four points, okay. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, was a yeah. great addition because with the three-point contest, it's like – you know, it, anybody can win on any given day, you know, for real. Trey Young mm -hmm. might have a really off day. Cat uh, might have a really on day, you know. So it, it could go either way. And adding the Mountain Dew ball just brings the excitement because we're so three-point heavy now in this generation of basketball. Just adding more money balls just helps the situation. I, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if one day the money ball is the new standard, you know, ball, and there's a ball even higher than that. So. And I and I like the Mountain Dew ball because it it it, it throws off your rhythm because all of the mm -hmm. other racks are like in place, but with the money ball, you actually have to take a couple of steps back and shoot from even deeper range. So it kind of throws off your rhythm too because after you shoot the Mountain Dew ball, you got to go back to like the the shorter racks. So you know what I'm saying? So I like the I like the like the addition for sure. And then we had the mm -hmm. NBA All Star game where LeBron's team ended up beating KD. LeBron hit the game winner, but Steph went. Crazy. I think he finished the game with 15 threes, bro. And, and 50 yeah. points, man. Steph was going crazy, man. Shooting the ball, not even looking at it. The ball not even close to the rim. But you already know what Steph is going to drop. So, I'm about to man, say that's vintage Steph moment. right there. That's yeah, vintage, vintage Steph. Steph, bro. Vintage Steph. Hey, if man, you can no. get if you can get a uh NBA top shot NFT of Steph running away before Facts. the ball go in 30 Facts. years that's from now, money. that's going that's to be, be like a million dollars it's gonna be money bro yeah man so definitely shout out to uh steph uh any other comments on the game uh i thought it was cool the fact that braun is damn near 40 and still being named captain that's just saying a lot You're the most popular oh that's yeah. what i wanted to talk about bro because somebody i don't know who it was bro i wish i remember but somebody said steph was the face of the nba was that Stephen a was that Stephen a who been. said that I don't remember what, who this, said this it, was bro. recently. This was after the All Star game. It was the Monday after the All Star game. Oh, I, I said watched Stephen that on Monday. I think it was a clip because you know he posts on IG clips now. So he said that uh, Stephen Curry was the face of the NBA, but I don't see how he can even get to that conclusion when everybody talks about the Lakers, even in they're going through this slump. It's Lakers, Lakers, Bron, 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 and Skip Bayless is still eating off them 
20 years <laughs> in LeBron's career. So I don't know how anybody can say that LeBron is not the face of the NBA still. Until LeBron retires, he will be the face of the NBA. Like, we just have to come to that conclusion. He is too big as a global icon. Steph Curry changed the game. He is revolutionary, but he will always be number two to LeBron, bro. That's just how it is. So even though Steph had that legendary game and we've seen his impact in that All-Star game, it's still you're still behind LeBron when at the totality. And and that's why I think Derek was on here with us one time when we had this conversation because we were talking about who who the next face of the NBA is going to be. And I brought up the point, you know, as great as KD is, as legendary as uh, Steph, um, even Giannis coming into a point where he's in that top caliber of like, hey, he going to be the favorite no matter whether he win or lose. He's the guy to beat, you know. you Kawhi, you got all these other players who may have beaten LeBron in the finals or who may have knocked them all not uh knocked him out in the playoffs or whatever but Bron is he's the villain bro like you said like the NBA needs that guy they need the guy that everybody has to go against and LeBron has just been that guy even when LeBron didn't get to the finals last year Bron is still the face of the um NBA he's still the guy that everybody goes to to answer specific questions if there's ever a national crisis, he's one of the first people you're running to for a response. Like, he's the voice of the NBA. He's not the president or the vice president of the Players Association, but guess who everybody wants to know their opinion? Like, LeBron James. So that's why I totally agree. Steph changed the game. He's on the Mount Rushmore of, of basketball players, like, when it comes to who really put an imprint on basketball. But – I don't think there's ever been a stretch longer than LeBron's of being the face of the league. Like, other than maybe yeah. Magic and Bird, for real, like, I don't see anybody else <laughs> giving me that tenure of, yeah. yeah, he was the guy that everybody was going against. And Steph had those two years, I think it was 2015, 2016, where he had mm -hmm. those MVPs where it was an actual debate of, oh, he could be overtaking Bron, bro. But Bron took that shit back and has still been running with it, even though he doesn't go further in the playoffs and the Warriors will go further than the Lakers this year in the playoffs. It's still like Bron is the guy, bro. Even in this underperforming year, he's still the guy. So it, we just, just, just have to dig. And it, an underperforming year where he could damn near win the scoring title. Like, I was just about to say, he's, crazy, he's not underperforming. <laughs> if the team is, he's not underperforming, but yeah. It, it's, it's, it's crazy, bro. Like we're, we're just coming along that time now where it's like, he may not be winning anymore. Braun may never win a chip again for the rest of his career now. But everybody is okay with it. It's it's like we're just we're getting to that point where we just love watching him play. And we're just, we're really just waiting for Bronny to get into the league and we could just give LeBron his flowers so he can go ahead and finally retire and do whatever else he wants to do outside of basketball. So until 2024 get here, we better soak it all up now cuz after <laughs> Bronny first game Probably might be like, all right, I'm tired. I'm ready to be done. <laughs> and it's funny because oh, I actually made that a topic. So it's funny that you brought that up, man. Because Brian said that in a recent interview that he will not be retiring until he plays with Bronny in Bronny's first year in the in the NBA. But my question was, will teams draft Bronny? Because Bronny is, I think he's ranked 50th in his class, or like 40 to 50 in his his draft class. And he doesn't give you one and done. He doesn't give you that type of feel like, oh, he's somebody who's going to be a one and done, going to be in the NBA soon. He doesn't give you that feel. 
he gives you that feel like he's going to be in college. He should be in college for a couple of seasons to actually, you know what I'm saying, be ready for the league. But it sounds like he's going to just be one and done because he wants to play with his dad and his dad is ready to get out of there. So it's like our team's going to draft Bronny earlier than they should because they want his dad. Our team's going to do that. Do we want this one year of Bron when but we have to draft this kid? Teams are going to aim for that for sure just because it's going to help it's going to help the image of whatever team is in that lottery to get that pick, you know, and I feel it's going to be. My, a, that's my point, though, bro. Yeah. He doesn't give me a feel of like lottery. Well, he's he's still a junior, so he can improve. So it's just all, mm -hmm. you know, at this point, he just doesn't give me that feel like he's going to be a lottery pick. But even if he was to slip in the, the, uh, the second round, for example, would a team say, damn, I, I don't even want Bronny. I'm going to just drive Bronny because I want his dad. Dude, can you foresee well, that happening? It it'll happen, but I don't. I agree. I don't think as of right now. I don't think Bronny is a lottery pick just because, like you said, like he's he's a junior. He's almost done with high school. So if you ain't top ten by now, it's um, you gonna make either a huge jump or you're just gonna stay where you are. So I feel whether he goes to college or he does the overtime league or he goes to yeah, the G yeah. League. Well, whatever mm -hmm. he decides to do for that year or two after high school, Braun is going to be, what, 40 at that point. And I don't know if a 40-year-old LeBron, as great as LeBron is, as father time beating as LeBron is, I don't know if a 40-year-old LeBron is really making these teams go, we'll get his son <laughs> so we can get him. Like, I don't think it'll be that. So if he does get drafted, like, let's say, you know, 24 in the second round or whatever or some shit like that you know it'll be a team that won't mind that'll be a, a team that truly just wants lebron james jr like that that's all it's gonna be and it's like hey we are getting lebron on top of it but we really do see potential in Bronny. so i think that's how to go i don't think he'll be drafted first round if he is drafted first round it's gonna be towards the the back end of it yeah, bro. And, and that's the thing I'm kind of afraid for Bronny because I don't want him to be in a position where, damn, we, we just want your dad. And then after your dad leaves, we don't really care about developing you and seeing you reach your fullest potential. We just wanted to see mm -hmm. you. We just wanted to see, see or have your dad in this situation. We didn't really want you. And we know, especially at this time, we know the game is all about your situation. If your situation mm -hmm. is not good, bro, the player will not develop until what he could be. So I don't want him to go to a situation where he's not wanted. And that's what I'm kind of fearful of with Braun putting that type of news in the air. Like, I'm going to just go wherever he goes. It's like, well, people just going to you know, take advantage of your son because they just want you. So that's what I, even when he's going to be 40, Braun can still be giving you 25 at 40, especially on mm -hmm. this type of trajectory he's but, giving you. But at that age... How how much are you going to put into LeBron? If if you're the if you're the front office of an organization, oh, you only gonna get him for a year. But I'm saying like you you still want him on. You still want LeBron though. But but that's the thing. Like, is it just using Vince Carter for an example? Vince Carter was a obviously two different levels of play. But Vince Carter was a formidable player in his late years uh, with the Atlanta Hawks in his final year. He was a formidable player. He gave them a lot of great points off of the bench. He was just a great per he was a great vet to have, but there was nothing centered around him. As great as LeBron is, I think when he's 40, even he's going to understand 
I'm probably not going to get another chip. Like, I'm old to the point where it's like, don't get another chip, but he's going to be putting up big numbers. And you already know the attention that he can bring to a franchise. So the teams will want that. My point is the teams will want that more so than they would want Brian. They'll want the press. They'll want the press. They will want the press of getting LeBron James because they drafted Bronny. And that's that's all I'm saying. I'm just fearful for Bronny because I Mm -hmm. feel like whatever situation that he goes to, they will try to take advantage of him by drafting his dad and just looking at that part of it and not looking at his development. And that's what I'm worried about. Could he become a star player? Maybe. But I'm just not seeing it right now. He needs to be developed, bro. So I don't want him to be rushed into something because his dad is putting his pressure like, oh, he's going to play with him. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm just fearful of it. Hey, we, we just don't want it to be a another uh, LeVar Ball situation <laughs> where you're putting all this pressure on your kid. <laughs> Oh, I don't want, not really LeVar Ball, because Le, LeVar Ball did put pressure, but we see how they came through with it. They came through. Yeah, they, they, became, they came through they with stopped. it, but the the LeVar Ball is, he's kind of like an outlier in that conversation. He's a name you could bring up to be similar, but he's really an outlier because they did push through and actually, you know, uh, come to fruition with a lot of stuff. But with LeBron, it's kind of like your he's son doesn't have. Son. Yeah, he doesn't have the same pressure that you had coming up, but him just being your son, him having your name, him probably getting your number is going to be a pressure unlike anybody else's. Like, it's it's never going to amount to the pressure you had, but he's going to have it nonetheless. Same thing with Michael Jordan kids, Michael Jackson kids, anybody famous who was the GOAT at whatever they were doing, your kids are going to, especially if they're trying to follow your path, they're going to meet that same type of pressure. And that's why I think, well, Brian can parent however he wants to parent, but I think he's putting a lot of pressure on his kid by saying, I want him to make the NBA. I want him to do this because if his talent doesn't scream NBA in the G League or in college, it's going to be like, damn, like he ain't looking like that guy. But you put this pressure on him that he needs to be in the NBA soon. It's like, what if he's not ready for that? So we're just going to, he's just going to be in the NBA because you wanted him to be in the NBA. It's going to be like that type of pressure that you're putting on him. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm just fearful of it. When it came to Michael Jordan kids, they weren't nearly – They were, I don't even think they were ranked highly in their class. I think – I remember one of them went to UCF. They were just like mm-hmm. good college players. You feel what I'm saying? But to be putting your pressure on your kids to be like, oh, no, I want him to be in the NBA. Like, I want him to play with him. And that stuff of stuff is like, okay, you, you, you're, you're writing a lot of checks that he has to cash. Like, he, yep. has, he has to be the one that plays well to get to that point because a lot of people don't see it at this moment that he will be there or as high as you probably want him to be. So I don't know. That's just what I think. And um, moving into some other NBA topics, we have CP3 is out for six to eight weeks. Will the Suns fall or will they stay put in the rankings? This was a big deal coming out of the Suns because the Suns are currently ranked first in the Western Conference. Chris Paul did play in the All-Star game, but it was only for a couple of minutes. But now this is a this is going to be a, a a real stretch for the Suns. Like, are they going to rise and stay where they they are in first, or would they fall? Uh, I could see them falling. I don't see them falling any lower than the third seed, though, because they they already have a, a six game lead again over the Warriors, and I want to say seven or eight game lead over the Grizzlies. I I could see the Warriors catching up to them and taking that first place spot. But we have the playoffs coming up like very soon because all we got left is March and then boom playoff times is right here in April. So excuse me. So for the rest of the regular season, I feel like if you're the Suns, 
just play great team ball, trust Devin Booker to lead the way, and I, I feel like you shouldn't fall any lower than the third seed. And this is why I'm high-key happy for Devin Booker because I think he's has become overshadowed by Chris Paul to a point mm-hmm. where he doesn't get his full amount of credit of what he has developed into with Phoenix. So I think a lot of people will actually see him as the clear number one option there. And I think they're going to stay put. They are a good enough team to win without Chris Paul. They even won games without Chris Paul in the playoffs last year. Or Chris Paul was hurt and they were still winning games. Like, this is a good team without Chris Paul. And I think a lot of the credit will actually be given to to Devin Booker like so for the future years even if Chris Paul is getting off the respect will have to be given to Devin Booker like no he's the clear number one option because I'm still seeing in today's MVP rankings that Chris Paul is ranked higher than Devin Booker which I am still upset about because I just don't understand it (laughs) I, I, I really think Devin Booker is the most important player on that team right but you know what I'm saying I think this this run that they're going to go on without him over the next two months will tell us a lot. If they slide down the ranks, it's going to be like, damn, can Devin Booker lead a team? Da, da, da. We're going to hear all those type of conversations. But if they stay at number one without one of their valuable players like Chris Paul, it's going to be like, ah, D-Book can be doing something, even if when Chris Paul retires or whatever happens mm-hmm. you know, what I'm saying, in the next couple of years. So it's definitely going to be a defining stretch for him. I agree. I, I feel like, like I said, they ain't falling no lower than third. So... When when I think of stay put, I think of at least, you know, top three uh, wherever they are. All right. And moving on to the next topic. Are the Lakers ready for a post-Braun future? Because I've been seeing a lot of rumors about, oh, uh, should they trade AD, this, that, the third. And we see that AD just got injured recently. He's going to be out for four weeks. He could be out for the rest mm-hmm. of the season because the Lakers are maybe – will be in the play-in, but it's like, is it worth risking another injury? So he might be out for the rest of the season, but are they ready for a post-Bron future? Because Bron is getting to the, the age, like you said, even though he's putting up these historic numbers, he's still going to be uh, the leading scorer in the NBA. He's 38, or he's 36 years old right now, but he's getting toward the back end. He's 37. And you're, he's 37, my fault. He's 37. Mm. But are you willing to put all of your eggs in this AD basket? Are they, no. Is that okay no. with the Lakers? You know what I'm saying? No, that Braun leaves is it's, it's AD's team. So and what should, it, it's what no, should happen? It, it's no slight to AD. When healthy, AD is a monster. AD is a force to be reckoned with. But he's sadly going to go down as one of those players that you, you just couldn't stay healthy, bro. He AD is turning into that what could have been story. Same thing with Derrick Rose. What could have been if Derrick Rose didn't get hurt as much or didn't get the – level of injuries the few times he did get hurt and I think that's the story we're gonna remember with AD yes he did get a chip with LeBron you know in 2020 during the pandemic bubble and everything yes he he did have a few uh career redeeming moments you know but for the most part we're gonna remember him 10 20 years from now he got hurt all the time bro like he just couldn't stay healthy that's going to be a narrative that sticks and I I seen on Twitter uh when we uh, when Dre tagged us in the Miami thing, it's like I if I'm a team like Miami, I'm not trading for you know uh, Anthony Davis. If I'm if I'm uh, even the Memphis Grizzlies, if I'm if I'm any young team that is trying to move forward and I already have progress, even the Cavs. If I'm the Cavs, I'm, I'm definitely not trading for uh, Anthony Davis or anything right now just because of the you know the the health factor. 
it is going to be huge. Same thing with Zion Williamson. And Zion is much younger. Zion is having health complications already. Has not even played 82 games in his NBA career yet. He's what, in his third year, second, almost third year at this point? Nice as third year. Yeah, he's not showing any signs of getting any better. It's word coming out. You know, he's not even communicating with the team for real. JJ, not JJ Reddick, but uh, McCullum got there and he ain't even talked to McCullum. So, you know, players like that that have injury history, you know, and just show that they can't be reliable, I wouldn't want to trade for that. And if I'm the Lakers, I don't want to stick with that. So I, I don't know if the Lakers are ready post-LeBron. If their plan is AD, they they damn sure not. But if they have a plan of either just completely rebuilding or trading for a better piece other than AD, then yeah, they have a chance to still somewhat be relevant. And I think that's going to be the plan once everything, when the dust actually settles and LeBron actually goes and plays with Bronny, I think it's going to be a situation where they trade AD and just rebuild. And just try to do it again, and they actually know what they're doing with this time. I felt like when they tried to rebuild with with Lonzo, that was like their first time actually rebuilding something, and not yeah. and nothing happening in free agency. I actually feel like they can actually improve with it. Actually, after going through it, they can actually rebuild something. It might just start a young player revolution over there with the uh, with the LA Lakers, and I not would not be surprised if that happens because I do, I would not want to build with AD, uh, like you said with Zion Williamson. It's a lot of news coming out that he wants to get traded because he don't want to stay in New Orleans. It's still like Zion is young, bro, but these are not good signs. And if you're a team, yeah. are you putting a lot of assets out there for Zion when you're like, damn, he can't stay healthy? <laughs> so it's like are, are we, you don't want to build around these type of players, bro. So it's hard, bro. So are they even going to get a lot for AD, even though he's talented? when he gets injured as much as he does and the type of injuries he gets. And I think that's mm-hmm. another worrying thing. Like it's knees, it's shins, it's Achilles with AD. It's not, yeah, it's not really freak accidents. These happen like occasionally, even in the playoff run in Disney, like toward the end of the finals, my man was on a bum Achilles. You know what I'm saying? So it's a, it's a, it's a tricky thing with AD. He's talented as hell, man. But damn, I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't build around him though. I would not build around. Uh, and, and like I said, it's it's no slight to him. It's it's really just hey, you 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 were just somebody who just couldn't be healthy, bro. You had the talent, and I don't want to sit here and say AD ain't got the heart, but you just ain't got the health to go with it, bro. It, it's it's mm-hmm. hard to get all three checks. It's hard to check all three of them boxes, and you just couldn't. Yeah. And talking about Zion Williamson, I did have that as a topic that he is ruffling feathers in New Orleans. JJ Reddit came out on first take. Uh, spewing about how Zion has been a detached teammate over the years and how uh, he did not contact CJ McCullum when the trade went down. And I, I want to say this about Zion Williamson because I don't think he's giving this situation a full try. It's not like Zion Williamson is with a, a terrible organization that is not trying to build and get him pieces. They literally just traded for a near all-star player in a CJ McCollum, bro. What you mad about? What you should be mad about is the injuries more so than your situation, bro. So I, him not contacting the Pelicans, him not contacting McCollum kind of doesn't make sense. I don't know if these reports are true or not, but that's just what I'm hearing at the moment. So if that is true, I feel like he's he has the wrong mindset at this point, bro. All Zion should be worried about is the Pelicans and trying to get healthy. That should be the main thing. You have Brandon Ingram, who has been an all-star and a near all-star McCullum. Why are you not excited to play with that? 
You know what I'm saying? This is the this is going to be the best team that you have played on, or this would have been the best team that you would have played on. Like, what are you mad about? You know what I'm saying? It's been situations like the Pelicans earlier with AD where they never surrounded AD with everything, with anything. But they're actually trying to get you pieces and you mad? Like, what are you mad about, bro? I don't get it. Yeah, bro. It, it's a situation where you're you're trying to ask to just be put in a situation to win. And it don't always work like that, bro, in the NBA. Yeah, you have a huge name. Yes, you were the biggest name in your draft. Yes, you've been in talks to be the next face of the league, possibly, but you still have to earn those stripes. You still have to earn that respect of going wherever you want to go. Like, whether you like it or not, when you're when you a young person in the league, bro, like, you you just don't get that pull. Wherever you are is wherever you are for that moment. And like you said, make the best out of your situation, especially if they are trying to build around you. If they're known in the past for not building around AD and then you get there and you are, like you said, you already have Brandon Ingram and you had Kyle Kuzma for a minute too. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, and now you get CJ McCollum. It's kind of like, hey, bro, like we're trying, like we're trying to give you peace. Because first off, you're supposed to be that guy that leads the team anyway, regardless of who's around you. So you can't look at the team and say, well, you guys aren't getting me like the pieces that I really want. You're the piece that people should really want. Like you're not supposed he has to be, to be looking healthy. For, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're looking for another Zion to get on the team. No, you're the guy that's on the team that's supposed to be leading. So it. It's a situation where you can't ask for more than haven't even earned yet. And I understand that he wants to play with his buddies in New York. They have Reddish over there. They got Barrett over there. I understand all of that. So I know he want to go play with the Knicks. And we do not know what's going on behind closed doors. So that's why I want to say before we move on that we don't know what has been said between the front office and Zion Williamson's camp. We don't know how the medical team has been treating him and diagnosing him. That could be something that's going on um, behind closed doors that nobody really knows about. We don't know anything about that, so that could be a reason that he wants out and why he is detached as a teammate. But just looking at his situation, bro, your situation is not that bad, bro. You should at least give it a chance before saying, oh, okay, fuck it, let's trade everybody. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to play here no more. I think you have to at least give it a chance. And first off, he has to be healthy. Exactly, that that's, that bro. should be the main priority from Zion, bro. We know you're going to be out for the rest of the season. You just have to focus on, first of all, getting in shape, too. We don't want you to just be healthy again. We want you to be in shape next time you touch the court. And we want you to be healthy, bro. That should be his main focus. It shouldn't be a, a, about the organization. Unless something is going on behind closed doors, Zion got to focus on getting healthy, bro. That's the main thing. Because somebody had posted a picture of – um during All-Star Weekend, they said these are the people we want in the dunk contest next year. And it was John Morant, uh, Miles Bridges, I think Donovan Mitchell, and Zion Williamson. And I was like, I don't want this man jumping at any height to where his knees could get hurt, to where his ankles could get hurt. I don't want him jumping any height, doing any tricks in the air right now. I want him honestly staying very low to the ground, learning how to play with his back to the basket. That's what I want Zion to do right now. All that jumping up in the air, landing on your uh, knees awkwardly at damn near 300 pounds or over 300 pounds at this point, that's the last thing I want to see Zion do. Yeah, man. I'm a Zion fan, man, but we just got to focus on getting healthy at this point. I don't think he should be really worried about the situation right now. If something transpires next year or something like that, then we can have another conversation. But right now, he just got to get healthy and make the best of it for right now. 
And um, moving on, teams to look out for post-All-Star break, man. Who are you looking at as a team that will sneak up on people and get higher in their seating than what they are right now? Uh, even though the Cavs are fourth, bro, I still look at the Cavs as a team. Um, I, I think the Cavs are a team other people are looking at. Like, yeah, they've been doing well. They've been exceeding expectations so far, but they're they're going to get swept out easy in the first round. I feel like a lot of people still have that impression of the Cavs, but I think the Cavaliers could be a formidable first-round team and possibly even get to the second round and play decent and maybe get knocked out in the second round. So I think the Cavs are dangerous. I think uh, the Nets, even though they're eighth, they're the Nets. So <laughs> anything can happen. I, I feel like the Nets could definitely upset of us Miami if it came down to it and KD is fully healthy you know what I'm saying so those are two teams that I'm looking at right now like yeah they they're gonna shake the table they're gonna make something stir um but other than that I feel like everybody else is seated where it makes sense the Bulls I still got the Bulls as my favorite to get at least to the Eastern Conference Finals so I I don't see them as a sleeper team Philly you know, they got Harden now, so everybody looking at them as a possible favorite. But I think the Cavs and the, the Nets are two teams that people are just not really talking about as much anymore. I really think it's the Celtics, man. We uh we talked about them uh extended, uh had an extended talk with Derek last week about them, but they're they're a good team, bro. They're a good team that a lot of people are not thinking about because they we expect them to be like a, a second round out type of team. But if everybody is healthy for that team with Robert Williams, with Tatum, with Brown, you got Derek White in with the mix. Marcus Smart has been playing well. They're a team that's flying under the radar at this point. Even though they're coming off a huge winning streak, they're still flying under the radar. And I think they could easily get up in that, that top three conversation, bro, with the with Miami, with the, the Cavs, with the Bulls, with the 76ers, with the Bucks. They could be right there in that mix, and they start surprising people. So definitely the Celtics are the team to look out for post-All-Star break. And what are your top five power rankings? Uh, right now, I got the Warriors at one. I got Phoenix at two. Miami three, Chicago four, and I got I'm gonna put Philly at five. All right, I got Suns, Warriors, Bulls, Heat, uh, and I'm gonna go 76ers, man. I don't know who you guys have for MVP right now, but I would still give it to NBA, bro. I don't know how Harden being added to the mix will actually affect him. Uh, obviously, it's gonna take some time adjusting, so that could uh take a you know, hit his uh, MVP case, but the way he's been playing this entire season, they're third in the East with that type of squad without Ben Simmons the whole year. They're 35 and 23. I think he's the MVP. I know Giannis is in that conversation, Jokic, DeMar DeRozan, but I would still give it to Embiid right now, man, because that, that shit is impressive what he's doing, uh, been doing with that squad. And um, moving forward to college basketball, it was a huge scuffle. And uh, in Wisconsin this past weekend with uh, Jawan Howard and uh, I don't forgot what the name of the the coach is of the other team. Well, we don't need to we don't need to know his name. Yeah, we don't need to know his name. <laughs> but it was a huge scuffle, man. And um, Jawan Howard ended up uh, hitting one of the assistant coaches for Wisconsin in the in the the end of handshake line because the Wisconsin coach called a timeout or something like that. I didn't watch the game. And I know everybody probably seen the video of what happened with the, with the slap or whatever, but what was your reaction to the situation? 
and he ended up getting a five-game suspension because he's uh, out for the rest of the regular season. Do you think that was correct? Um, I don't think it was worth him getting fired. So I do agree with the five-game suspension. Like, hey, you're just not coaching for the rest of the regular season. You know, so I, I think that was a fitting punishment. Uh, maybe he could have got – I don't know if he did or didn't, but maybe he could have got fined too. Like, maybe, you know, a fine to really set the tone of like, hey, he, we're he not going to allow this. He didn't get okay, fined a so lot. Yeah. He, he got fined. He got fined like 40000 40, So So, yeah, that that that's something that I think really sets the tone. You know, getting suspended, especially when it's only five games left in the regular season. But if you find him, it's kind of like, okay, we're setting a standard. We don't allow players to do this. We damn sure not allowing coaches to do this. So I, I agree with that. But um, when I watched the video, I just watched it with no context at first. So at first, I was just laughing my ass off. But then <laughs> once I found out the reason, I was like, "That that's really petty, bro. You could be angry as hell all you want, but it, it ain't that serious. Especially if they if you put hands on this person first. Like, it, it, it's really not that serious. But I thought it was the other way around. I think the Wisconsin coach put his hands on him in the first place. That's why he got upset. Because he was hey, about to like watch it. No, he was about to walk past the Wisconsin coach. The Wisconsin coach touched him and tried to talk to him. And he said, don't touch me, don't touch me. And that's when he started getting real upset. You know what I'm saying? He put the finger in the Wisconsin coach's face. And that's when everything just started to escalate after that. But, but see, All the bro, people that, came I don't, in after that. that. That's why I don't think, like, that's not reasonable enough, bro. It's like, if he didn't put his hands on you in a way to where you feel threatened or whatever, or you felt like he was disrespecting you, why get riled up? Why do all of that? Like, you know, if if y'all walking past each other and he tries to, like, stop you to talk to you or whatever, and then you just get like, don't touch me. Don't this, don't that, blah, blah, blah. Now, now you're looking like you're doing too much. Unless, like, he said something to you that we just don't know. So. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the situation with that assistant coach, too, because, like I said, everything escalated after he told the Wisconsin coach don't touch him. Assistant coaches and all the players started to come in. I think the assistant coach ended up saying something to him, and that's why he ended up slapping the assistant coach because he must have been saying something. I don't think he just hitting you to hit you for yep. no reason. You feel what I'm saying? Because I think he had beef with the head coach. So why is he slapping the assistant coach unless he says something to him? So I think something was said. I understand the suspension. I think he should have got suspended for it. I wouldn't have been surprised if they suspended him for the rest of the of the season, even the postseason as well. I wouldn't have been mad if they they did it because it was a this isn't his first time. He did the same mm -hmm. thing last year. He caused he he caused the incident. <laughs> it was like a brawl incident last year too. So this isn't his first time. He has a track record. If he would have been suspended for the entire season, I wouldn't have been surprised. Five games is cool, but Jawan had work. Go ahead. I was going to say, and when it comes to black coaches, like we, I'm not saying just turn the other cheek. I'm not saying don't express yourself, but we already barely get let in the room as is. Do not be a repeat offender of situations like this if you can help it. If you are not the escalator, if you are not the, the person, like if you're of it, don't do anything to put yourself in this situation. Because like you said, he's done this before. He has a track record of, you know, causing disruption or being physical and this, that, and the third. So when it comes to black coaches, I and especially you have a name like Juwan Howard, like you're a well-known person in basketball. You don't want to 
decrease the chance of a lesser known black coach getting an opportunity because it's like, well, if this guy is acting like this and he's well known, he has a name. We don't even know this guy. Let's not even give him an opportunity. So I just want Jawan Howard and other black coaches to be mindful of that. Like we barely yeah. get let in the room as is. Let's make sure we can, if we can control it, let's make it as simple as possible. And that's what I was. That was the the tangent that I was gonna go on because I understand why he did what he did. It, it's inexcusable. I don't. I don't want him to hit anybody, but I understand it with the context of the the, the the situation. But you don't want this to be a part of your legacy, bro. And that's how yeah. I look at uh, Jamal Howard. You you've been so good in the NBA. You did well as an assistant coach for the Heat. You get this opportunity at your alma mater. And now you're you're causing the past couple of years, you're causing this type of mayhem for, you know, say for what? We want to know you as being a great black coach in the NCAA. We don't want to know you when you're when you're done to be known as, oh, he was somebody who always started the riots. He always started, you know, what I'm saying some sort of disruption, this, that, the third. We don't want that to be your legacy. We want you to be known for winning, bro. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I, I didn't like what I seen from the situation. And it, it, it hurt to see, bro, because I don't I don't want that to be stamped on his legacy. I understand he's from the south side of Chicago. Oh, he he from the hood. Da, da, da. Fuck all that bullshit, bro. We don't want to yeah. see him, especially when he's a professional like this. We don't want to see a professional black man act like this in, in public, bro. We we really don't. So it, it was tough to see. I just hope this doesn't stick with his legacy. And moving on to some more college basketball. We had UF with a big upset over Auburn yeah. this past week. I actually watched this whole game. It's been a it's been a tough season for Florida. Uh, I try to watch as many games as I can. Man, they they're hard to watch. But this game was easy to watch because they they actually came to play uh, against Auburn, bro. And um, I don't know if you guys watch a lot of Auburn, but they have this player named Jabari Smith on their team. He most likely gonna yes. be the number one, number two pick in the, in the NBA draft. <laughs> and yes. when I tell y'all that dude is good, man, he was the only reason Auburn was in the game. Auburn is ranked number two in the uh, in Division One right now, but he was mm-hmm. the only reason they were in that game, dropping twenty eight, and he was getting his buckets wherever he wanted it at three point line, mid range. That dude is super good. But Tyree Appleby. Showed say, his bro, ass. Appleby, Appleby showed his ass in this game, and he was the reason that we won. Him and Castleton. So shout mm-hmm. out to both of them. But Appleby, man, that that dude, he's become one of my favorite Gators, especially in this Mike White era of basketball. It's not a lot of people to actually remember, but Tyree Appleby is somebody that I will remember because every night, bro, that dude comes to play, and he's been the best player, honestly, maybe the past two seasons. Honestly, oh no, Trey Man was the best player last year. But uh, Appleby was up there. He's clearly the best player on this team, him and Castleton. So mm-hmm. definitely shout out to Appleby, man. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it's It's been hard, just Gator sports in general. My my gymnastics, Gator gymnastics, shout out to y'all. Y'all have been uh, holding it down while football clearly isn't. And, uh, <laughs> and basketball is a lot of improvement uh, to do as well. But Castleton and Appleby, bro, like they're a great foundation for this Gators team right now. and. You know, it's it was questions about whether Mike White, how long is he going to last here at UF and whatnot. But I think players like this, you know, showing that type of heart and showing that we could pull off these type of upsets. Because I, I think we beat uh, th- this happened like a couple weeks ago. I think we beat multiple SEC teams in the same season. If I'm not oh, mistaken, yeah, but they, it was, yeah, they they trashed up. It was, it was, it was this was this was the like this that. was the this was the second time that we beat. A ranked team this season, 
But other than I that, we haven't really beat teams. But we beat Ohio State earlier in the season, and we beat uh, we beat Auburn this past week. But it's been it's been a tough year, bro. They haven't. So the, the potential has been there though. Like the the potential this is, the is there to really build something in this Mike White era, like you just said. I don't think it is. I, I don't agree with that statement. I don't think there I, is. I think, I think is. that I think that was a good game that we seen against Auburn, but it's too many seasons, bro. And we're getting to the point, and it's it's even worse in basketball where it's like, okay, bro, we've been mid for too long, dog. We just been mid for too long. He's not even bringing in recruits anymore, and the transfers that he's bringing in are not good. I'm telling you, other than other than um Philandris Fleming. All of the transfers that he brought in have been underperforming. So you don't even want to recruit freshmen anymore. You don't want to recruit high schoolers anymore. And you're trying to do this, this transfer thing, and it's not working out, bro. So it's like, what? You tried all of your, your, your experiments, bro. It's time to leave. Especially if we miss the NCAA tournament, bro. It's time for that nigga to get up out of there, bro. I'm tired of Mike White personally. I understand some people might want to keep him around, but it's the same thing that you say about UF football, bro. When is enough going to be enough with the mediocrity, bro? Just making the NCAA tournament should not be okay. And the teams that you continue to bring back are not teams that people are even excited for. I wasn't even excited for Gators basketball this year because I didn't know who half of the roster was because they wasn't on the team last year. So we have to, I think we have to get another coach, bro. I think we got to get another coach. Remains to be seen. All right, and then moving on to the March Madness, the NCAA tournament is drawing near. I think it is a few weeks away. I think this will be the last couple of weeks of regular season, and then we will get into conference tournaments and then the uh, NCAA tournament. Give me a couple of takeaways that you have been seeing uh, when we come down the stretch, when we have been coming down the stretch in the the regular season. I actually got a top five right now. These are five teams for March Madness that I think have a chance to not only go all the way, but these are five teams I think that could literally win the, the whole thing. So I don't know if this is going to be my particular order, but this is how I wrote them down. Gonzaga, absolutely fire right now. The way Drew, Timmy, and uh, Chet Holmgren are playing right now, bro, like this team is I, – and I've seen your video on Gonzaga too. Like it's th- – this team is looking phenomenal, bro. Number one in the nation. Better than last all- year. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Check out my video. Gonzaga is better yeah. than last year. Video definitely no, go check it number out. Number one in the nation all year. Number one for the uh, what you call it for the um for the March Madness bracket. So Gonzaga is the first team I wrote. Auburn, yes, they were upset by Florida, and Jabari Smith is like a big reason on why they're even winning a lot of these games. But I think with his leadership and the way they just gel perfectly under him, I feel like Auburn is still a, a team that you got to look out for. Purdue, Purdue is a team that I think. It's going to be one of those teams that a lot of people are looking at because they're highly ranked, but they're not really considering because of the name. You got to think of the fact that Purdue is staying in a lot of these games because of their great free throw shooting. They have at least three team, three players on the team shooting at least 85% from the free throw line. And that's huge. That's going to be big in these March Madness tournaments where it's going to come down to the final three, final four minutes key free throws Purdue is going to be a team that knows how to stay in games and then I got Kansas and Texas as the last two teams Texas one of the best defensive teams in basketball right now bro I think they're only really allowing like what 60 points a game so when you when you have that level of defense uh defensive ferocity bro like 
it's going to be hard for any of these teams to just sweep by Texas. So Gonzaga, Auburn, Purdue, Kansas, and Texas, those are my five teams that I think have a chance to get to the Final Four and even win the whole thing. So those are my top five. Uh, I can I can run off a list of uh, teams that I'm confident in uh, moving forward. But uh, like you said about Gonzaga, I made a whole video on Gonzaga. Love Gonzaga. I think they will eventually be back in the, the national championship. I like Arizona too. It's funny because I think that these teams can really end up in the the championship against each other because they are so similar. When you when I brought up the video of the the net ratings, the defensive net ratings, the offensive net ratings, like they were so close to each other. Where it's like Gonzaga was number one, but like the Arizona was right there at number two or number three, and like almost every other category. Like uh, Arizona is good, and I think they have Gonzaga's old head, uh, old coach. So I think he's at Arizona now. So they play exactly the same, have similar pieces on that team. So definitely look out for Arizona. Uh, I love Kentucky. I love Kentucky. I'm about to make a video on Kentucky. Love Kentucky. Love the way they're built. This was one of the rare Cal teams that fits together. He brought back a lot of maturity this year. It's not a lot of young guys. He has a couple of them sprinkled in with Tata Washington and such, but it's a lot of maturity on this team, a lot, uh, some good shooters on this team. You got uh, uh, Oscar Sheedway getting all the rebounds, offensive rebounds. I love uh, Kentucky. And, ooh, after that, it's kind of, yeah. Uh, but I, I do love those three teams. But yeah, That's ooh, why I say Kansas and Texas, they kind of just rounded out for me. But Gonzaga, Auburn, and Purdue, they're my top three teams. So I, I, can, I can give another one. Yeah. I don't think I can get another one. Those are the three teams that I'm confident in. I'm not going to say anything else, but those are three teams that if I was to make a, a bracket today, I would have those three teams in the final four. So I think it's going to be a lot of one seeds, a lot of, not a lot of one seeds, but yeah, a lot of one seeds. And I think Kentucky, whether they're a one or a two seed, I think they're going to make it to the final four too, because I think they're just built for it this year, man. So uh, definitely watch out for those three teams and the five teams that Edgar brought up. And uh, anything else about college basketball? Uh, no, that's it. All right, moving forward, we got a little bit of NFL news, and it is about Aaron Rodgers. So in the middle of the night, Aaron Rodgers dropped a huge Instagram post thanking all of his uh, old teammates like Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, David Bakhtiari, and he went on the Pat McAfee show today for his usual Tuesday, uh, Tuesday interview, and a lot of people thought that he was going to confirm that he was actually leaving the Packers because that's what the, the the Instagram post really implied. But he didn't confirm anything on the on the interview. But do you think that post really confirmed that he is leaving after this season? I think so because why do it? <laughs> like why make that post just? To, yeah, like, <laughs> it, it was one of those posts that is like if you come back after this, everybody's gonna look at you like what the hell was that for? So I, I think he's done in Green Bay. Uh, he's on the market. I think he's waiting to officially do it. I don't know if he wanted to do it on the Pat McAfee show or not, maybe because he felt like that might just, that just might not have been the right uh, audio or visual platform to let that be known on. You know, maybe he wants to wait until he's at an official press conference to do that. So I think that's probably why he didn't do it with Pat McAfee, even though Pat yeah, probably knows. Yeah, because even in the, the interview, he was saying like uh, he was just coming off a 12-day cleanse. And yeah. one of the things about the 12-day cleanse, you said you had to you have to appreciate everybody around you. It's like, 
All right, Aaron, you can stop with the bullshit. <laughs> we, don't, we don't even need all of that excuse, bro. Because there was a lot of people that actually tuned in live for the Pat McAfee show because they thought he was going to make some sort of announcement. He gave nobody anything. So we're just going to have to wait and see on that Aaron Rodgers tip. Uh, let's move forward with social media wants to know. Edgar, you brought up this topic. Can your significant other be friends with your friends? Yeah, so uh, the rapper Tootsie, he posted this. I want to say this was tweeted almost a week ago, but it kind of caught wind again. And everybody on Instagram been talking about it. You know, can your boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, whoever you're with, can they be friends with your friends? And he said, no, like they're not allowed to be friends with each other. They could be cool because they're both attached to me. But I don't want my girl being friends with my guy friends or some girls were even agreeing. Yeah, I don't want my dude to be friends with, you know, my my close female friends or whatever and stuff like that. And I just I personally disagree because I'm in a situation where I I'm friends with, you know, uh, Denise's um uh girlfriends she's friends with you know my guy friends you dequez and all that type of stuff you know what i'm saying so i i don't think it's fair to try and tell grown people who they can and cannot be friends with because what is that saying about your friends or what is that saying about your significant other if you're like no i don't want y'all to be friends with each other it's like damn like if you can't trust them in the room by themselves like you need to switch out one of them people <laughs> so yeah, that's because it's, no, it's no trust yeah it's no trust yeah that's, that's my take on it that way yeah. yeah it's a it's a tricky situation bro because i when i first read the the question i was like can your significant other be friends with your friends i read it as can your significant other be friends like can they be cool can they be cool with your friends but can they be like actual friends like i'm calling up chatting up with denisha or whatever something like that like that shit would just feel weird to me and I don't really mm-hmm. think it's the trust. That shit would just feel weird. Like, damn, like, you, I'm supposed to be the middleman, you know what I'm saying, between y'all two. And now you're just contacting her directly. If it's a question that you have to ask her, like, yeah, go ahead. But for it to be a constant friendship back and forth type of thing, it's like, it is weird. Even though, even if you do trust her, it just feels a little weird, you know what I'm saying? Because you met through it, this it certain also, person. It, it also depends on... um like what okay so what if you're in a situation where we both knew who this person was before i got oh, yeah. with this person oh, yeah. so cuz i, I think fine. it all yeah. just depends on yeah. your situation now if you if you guys strictly met each other through me then i can yeah, understand what you're talking about yeah that's what i'm about. saying that's what i'm saying you know, so but but yeah. i think I think his original tweet, I think he meant he don't want them being cool. He don't want them like being court. Like, I, I just don't, I don't like that because at that point, I think you're trying to tell your person or you're trying to tell your friends who they can or cannot associate with. And I, I feel like if anything, that makes it, you know, it leaves a bigger opportunity for something to go down. If you think something going to go down, <laughs> because the more you tell somebody not to do something, that's going to make them want to do it. So I, yeah. I don't know. I, I totally disagree with his statement. I think it's more I think he was asking more so in like a friend, like a buddy buddy type of thing. Like I don't want you to be friends outside because it's it's the trust thing that also comes up and also just the weird, you know what I'm saying? I don't want you niggas to be having inside jokes around me, nigga. Like 
nigga, you got inside yeah. jokes on my girl, nigga. Like, hey, we going a little too far <laughs> when we when we get to that point. Like, I don't y'all don't need to be that goddamn close. To my, you feel what I'm saying? Like, I need to be in like any interaction. Like I said, you guys can be cool. You guys can be cordial. You can even call this person if you have any questions, this, that, the third about anything. You know what I'm saying? But I just don't want that shit to be constant. Where I'm like, oh, y'all really like friends. And it, it kind of depends on how you define friend as well, because it's like, yeah, that's true. Yeah, certain people are friends, but everybody who is cool with you are not your friends. So I can that's be true. cool, but we're not friends. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I can be cool, you know what I'm saying? But we're not friends to that point where it's like, okay, if I need anything, I'm gonna call you. Da 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 da. So I think right. it's that type of situation. But that, that's a, that's a tough question. Like I think I think you put it right. With it just depends. But if you met my girl through me. Nah, nigga, you're not gonna be friends with me. Nah. <laughs> nah, no way. But and if you knew her before, it's like, okay, I get it. It, it was a girl who said, uh, "You could be friends with my nigga, but just don't be friendly." And I was like, "That mm. is, see, you're very specific with that. Y'all could be yeah. friends, just don't get friendly." And everybody knows the, what. Yeah, everybody knows what that ly means. Everybody. Yeah, knows yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah, so that's definitely something to watch out for, man. So that was a good topic. Uh, moving forward, we got teachers out here wilding, or teacher out here wilding with semen filled cupcakes, bro. Bro, I have to read this story, bro, because it Whoa. is a wild. So a teacher in the Louisiana public school system, she and her husband is the person who semen that was in the cupcakes. They concocted this whole plan to put semen in the cupcakes and feed them two children. And let me tell you guys this. They have a track record. Like they had got arrested before, like a couple of years ago for uh, sexually assaulting a minor. It was a situation where they took a picture and they might have done something with that minor, but they were naked while with that minor. So they already have a track record of doing some nasty shit with minors. But they said that the husband is really the, the mastermind behind all of this plans. And he is a deputy cop in the Louisiana. Uh, I, I think they're in New Orleans or I think they're in New Orleans. Yeah. How are you in even a Orleans? teacher if you... How are you a teacher at all if you're involved in any sexual assault? That's, that's the first question that's I crazy. had. How is she a teacher with that on her track record? Yeah. Period, right? So that, that's already the biggest question, right? So moving mm -hmm. forward with the semen-filled cupcakes, her, she said her husband forced her to do it, but she ended up getting sentenced to 41 years in jail. But her mm -hmm. husband, assumingly, uh, or supposedly, told her to put his semen inside the cupcakes and feed them to the children because that's just how he gets off. And that's just something that he wanted to do because he just a, a freak nigga like that. But my biggest question was, if you were the parents of one of these kids, what would be your reaction when you hear news like this? Like your, your, your son or your daughter just ate a semen-filled cupcake fed to them by a teacher. And oh, also, there was semen in their drinks as well. They had energy Damn. drinks, which the, the which hell? the husband, yes, he oh nutted into. God. So they had, like I said, this is a whole thought out plan by the husband and wife, bro. Disgusting shit. What would be the reaction from you as a parent? The honestly, I would have two reactions. First off, I'm pissed off at this teacher and their spouse. Damn, they want to beat their ass. I can't kill him because then I'm gonna go to prison. And I'm gonna lose my kids. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like it should be an understanding there. Like, hey, my nigga, y'all niggas would do the same thing. That that would be my first reaction. My second reaction, bro. I'm pissed off at the school because, like I said, 
how do you all you have to do a level two level three whatever background check yeah like, like, let me let me read to, that let me read that I, I was about to say like if because i'm pissed off at the principal the school board you guys hired this person who is a known uh sex offender or sex assault uh person or whatever like no and and they're teaching my kids every day like that that's something that nah bro i'm everybody getting cussed out by me yes that's okay so he, so here the this is the the situation before the semen field cupcakes. So the couple the couple were arrested in 2019 after they allegedly sexually abused a child together, among other crimes. So it says the couple were busted after authorities received a tip at the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Uh, investigators later found new photos of them with the minor. So like you said, bro, they already had a track record in 2019 of doing sexually abusing a minor. She still had a job with the school system and he was still a deputy cop. Like this nigga was on the force, my nigga, being a sexual abuser. And then he's doing this shit in 2022. They were charged with they ended up getting charged with like almost 150 uh, counts of sexual crimes, crimes of like sexual uh, sexual assault. Uh, pornography abuse all of that shit they got and i she got 41 years like i said before and he's on trial in may so he's probably gonna get more years than her because she blamed it on him more yeah because he was the she claimed that he was the mastermind and she's gonna testify against him that she was forced to do with his shit like that so he's gonna get even more years but this shit was just crazy to me bro i had yeah, to bro. i had to do this out that that that's disgusting like and, and that stuff you gotta Bro, that that's just wild, bro. When you, you gotta worry kids, about that, bro. You, like, you gotta to worry about age? shit like that, bro. Yeah, like that. That's just scary, bro. Niggas so, weird all, out here, bro. Niggas yeah, all the people, all the people that I know that got kids. Like, I got two godsons, bro. Like, I could imagine, I couldn't imagine that, like, happening. Like, Titan calling me saying, "Bro, like this has happened with TJ or whatever," or Michaela saying, "Like RJ had a teacher that do this." Like, like that would just, I'd be pissed, bro. I wouldn't know what to do. Yeah, y'all already know what color they is. Y'all already know they white. But yeah, I'm about to say that's, we ain't, ain't got to say. What <laughs> but I'm surprised nobody beat her ass, bro. Nobody, and none of the stories I read, none of the the parents got to the point of like physically beating this woman's ass, bro. Like yeah. I just didn't understand. That's where I would be, and that's what I would the rage I would feel if I get information like exactly. that. Exactly. Like we gotta we gotta run one, bro. I gotta find you lacking somewhere, my nigga. Even if I gotta run up to your crib, my nigga, we gotta run one outside your crib. Cause that's wild shit. I gotta pull up on you if I hear you you feeding my kids some semen filled cupcakes. That's my instant reaction, bro. We gotta run even one. the the attempt it's the attempt for me. Like it, it's yeah. not even the fact that you actually got the, the food there and they almost ate it. Like the fact that you thought of doing that. No, it wasn't child, no almost. Like, they ate it. That, oh, they ate it. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I probably would have caught first degree. Yes. <laughs> I probably would have caught first degree, bro. Yes. Premeditated, they, they whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to call it. That's probably what I would have got charged with. Yeah. They, yep. They said the, the, they said, the husband was supplied for the semen that were later fed to children. They ate them, bro. They ate them. So that's what I'm saying. You ate, they ate semen, bro. And it was in their drinks as well. That's crazy, hey, the, hey, don't worry. When, when they get the, when they in prison and they are, they in general population. <laughs> bro, that, that's one thing, bro. That's one thing that a lot of 
like prison niggas do not like, bro. Like you messing with kids, bro. Like that's just sick. You can kill niggas all you want. You can rob banks. You can do fraud. You can do all this other stuff. But you messing with kids, bro. Like nah, even even more. There, there's a sense of morality even in the prison system, bro. Like come on, dog. Like it, it's just that's sick, bro. That's sick. It really is, dog. And uh. Moving forward to our Black History Month segment. Edgar, who do you have for this week? Gordon Parks. Uh, Gordon Parks, it says, this is a biography right here. It says, uh, for much of the mid-1900s, it seemed like the world learned about Black America through the eyes of Gordon Parks. His creative endeavors were astoundingly versatile. Parks performed as a jazz pianist composed musical scores, wrote 15 books, and co-founded Essence Magazine. And he did a lot of work with uh, journalism when it came to Vogue Magazine. And he felt like his journalism uh, perspective was needed in the time uh, that he was around. He was born in 1912. He passed away in 2006. So during that 40s, 50s, 60s era of journalism entertainment, he felt the world was just being blinded from the racism and the politics that were really going on. And he wanted to use his journalism platform to uh, make a change and lead the way for the magazines and uh, uh, visuals that we get now in the media. I think I learned about him in college. Hold on. When did you say he died? Uh, 2006. Oh, no. He might not be the same person because the person I'm thinking about, I think he got killed for coming out with a paper around that time. But it was like it was telling people about that real shit, though. He was yeah. talking about the racism that was going on, but he got killed for it. I don't know if that's that same person could be, but I think he uh, ended up getting killed. though. Uh, my person uh, it is says, Dr. I, I was going to say it says uh, in the decades that follow parks, traveled the country, capturing iconic images of the segregated South civil rights, Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X. And uh, yeah, he it uh, it doesn't say too much about his death. I don't think. Mm, yeah, it doesn't yeah. go. It doesn't. This paragraph yeah. that I got, it doesn't go in too much. Yeah, it probably was somebody else. Then that I'm thinking about, but it was somebody that did something similar. But he ended up getting killed because he was speaking too much of that real. Uh, my mm-hmm. uh, black history orient is Dr. Patricia Bath. Uh, she was an ophthalmologist which is a laser laser scientist. She was not only the first female African-American doctor to patent a medical device, but also the first person to invent a surgery that greatly advanced treatment for cataracts. Mm. Dr. Bath invented the laser phaco probe in 1981, which used lasers to treat cataracts more precisely and more and less painfully. The invention was able to recover vision for people who had been blind or vision impaired for decades. That is Dr. Patricia Damn. Bath, and she still is alive today, so definitely give her her flowers. Damn. And uh, when was she alive? When did she pass away? Uh, I ain't got the date of birth on that shit. Oh, uh, damn. That's crazy, bro. That that reminded me of Lovecraft Country when uh when Montrose was talking about um like all the first black people in the... Uh, mm-hmm during black wall street and all that he talked about the first black surgeon and all that and he was renowned as one of the best surgeons in the country and all that and they still did what they did that that's Mm -hmm. just crazy how how we literally changed the course of history in every aspect but uh my second person is gil scott aaron Uh, a lot of y'all probably know this person for his famed song uh the revolution will not be televised Uh, ah yes 
Yeah, Gil Scott Aaron was a New York City poet, active poet, activist, musician, social critic, and spoken word performer whose songs in the 70s helped lay the foundation for rap music. Some have called Scott Aaron the godfather of rap, though he was always reluctant to embrace that title. Still, the imprint he left on the genre and music more broadly is unmistakable. His 1970 spoken word piece, Whitey on the Moon, in which he criticized oh. U.S. government for making massive investments in the space race while neglecting its African-American citizens, which was featured in the 2018 film First Man and in HBO's recent series Love. Yeah, I was just about to say that. (laughs) I was just about to say that. Because it was was an episode title, uh, Whitey on the Moon or something like that. Whitey's on the Moon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was like episode two, bro. Oh, yeah. That's what's up, man. Damn, so yeah, Gil Scott Aaron, 1949 to 2011. The revolution will not be televised. That's dope, man. And my person is Henrietta Lacks. After being diagnosed with cervical cancer at the John Hopkins Hospital in 1951, a sample of Lacks' cancer cells was taken without her consent by a researcher. She died later that year at 31 years old. Uh, 31 years old. Her cells would go on to advance medical research for years to come as they had the unique ability to double every 20 to 24 hours. They have been used to test the effects of radiation and poisons to study the human genome and to learn more about how viruses work and played a crucial role in the development of the polio vaccine. So that is Henrietta Lacks, and she is the reason why we have a lot of vaccines and a lot of viruses or a lot of vaccines for the viruses that we have today because of her cell structure. That, that's, that's crazy. crazy. I've heard her name before. I, I think I've heard her name before because uh one of my cousins uh got sick not sickle cell. Uh damn, was it uh is it sickle cell when you got um uh damn like you can't get too cold or something like that? Is that sickle cell? I, it, it, I think that's sickle cell, if I remember correctly. Excuse me, y'all, if I got the wrong term, but I, I think that's how I found out about Henrietta Lacks. I've always heard that name, and I think that's why. Yeah, that's dope. They said her sales would double every 20. That's crazy, bro. <laughs> you Fact. never know about this shit, bro. You never know about this shit when you're alive. Always after. And uh, mm-hmm. let's move on to entertainment and current events. First thing we have on the docket is Kanye West STEM player. Yeah, so Kanye West is coming out with Donda 2. I think tonight right now on the 22nd he's having like a concert or whatever where he's premiering uh the donda 2 album and Mm -hmm. uh it says on this post right here by kanye releasing his album only via 200 stem player he retains 100 of the revenue he says he generated 2.2 million in 24 hours selling 11,000 units of the stem player you would have to sell 220,000 copies of a $10 album to make that amount before DSPs and labels take their share. So him dropping this stem player is basically saying, I, I have my own platform. And Donda 2 is downloaded onto the stem player. So if you went online right now, I got the website up, the stem player is, is just stemplayer.com. Like it comes with Donda on it. You It allows you to split songs into different stems however you want. So you can really play around with the songs. Yeah, while you, you can have isolate the, the certain elements. Yeah, I, like but that, I was reading about that shit today. That, that shit's, shit's crazy. crazy, bro. Yeah, like he really made that. his own platform. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing about it. And that's why I put 
is it a revolutionary device? Because I don't think every artist could be putting out $200 devices unless it is Kanye. You know what I'm saying? But is it revolutionary to the point where people could come together, like, like a label could come together and put out their own uh, stem player? Where if you get this stem player, you can listen to everybody off this label. You know what I'm saying? Something like that. Mm -hmm. Or I guess it couldn't be through the label because the label would have to get their cut. Yep. Yeah, it would have to be through the artist. It would have to. It would have to be through the artist. So I guess it would have to be cheaper than what Kanye is doing because nobody's gonna pay two hundred for. You know what I'm saying for a certain artist, but I guess you would have to do like fifteen dollars. I guess it would be more so a support thing more so than a actually wanting to listen to them thing because this is it is such a difference between. Uh, Spotify, when you talk about Apple Music, when you talk about Amazon Music, when you talk about Tidal, I think Tidal gives you the most money. I think they give you like 12 mm-hmm. cents for every stream or something like that. But when you get on Spotify, when you get on Amazon, or when you get on Apple Music, they are, they are getting no money, limited money when you, you stream that You are getting pennies song. on the dollar, bro. You are pennies getting on pennies dollar. on the dollar when you go to those streams. So I wouldn't be surprised if more people started to do this. I know Kanye is big, so a lot of people are willing to pay that 200 to listen to his album. But I wouldn't be surprised if, if more people started to do something similar to this at a, at a lower scale. You know what I'm saying? Because that's just dope. When you you can play with certain elements, you can ride the beat. You don't even got to listen to Kanye. Like that's dope in it by itself. So when I was reading about the 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 stem player earlier today, I was I was blown away, bro. I was really blown away. I, I think it's a revolutionary device because it's gonna let people know. And and here's who I wanted to bring up because it this person was unsuccessful so far from what we know in their venture. But I want to bring up Soldier Boy. Because Soldier Boy was trying for the longest to get his own game system. Like his own game system where he could give you X amount of games on a particular system that he owns and that he distributes. You know, and everybody laughed at him. Everybody said, you know, like, it's not going to work. How are you going to do this? Like, blah, 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 you know. And, you know, even though it didn't work, it was still something that a lot of people didn't want to strive for, didn't even think to strive for. So now you have Kanye in a music situation where everybody might be looking at him crazy right now, like, we ain't finna pay $200 for no for no speaker, you know, that just plays one album, you know, but we don't know how far this can go. To your point, what if, like, he starts selling these and they're able to download everything he drops at that point? And you can mess with the songs however you want. You could just play the instrumental or you could play a certain verse and have that verse merged with another verse. Like it could be something so crazy, bro. And people don't and get it is, until it's already up there, you know. And this is how Kanye can hockey play it and get even more rich than he already is, bro. What if he starts selling this to artists? So if you buy a $200 stem player, the investment could be Kanye gets a percentage. But the artist gets way more than what they would have gotten from an Apple Music stream, from a a Spotify stream, if they also get their songs on the stem player as well. So that could be something that uh, more artists partner with Kanye with this stem player idea. So there's more than just one song or one album on the stem player. You could possibly get more, you know what I'm saying, if you partner with Kanye. You know what I'm saying? Or Kanye is going to get his percentage of it, maybe get 50%, but you get the other 50%, and that is going to be so much better than the streaming thing bro it is you're gonna get more money in your pocket so i wouldn't be surprised if more people do that shit bro that would be genius 
It is, bro. It it may look it may look a little expensive now. It may seem like it, it looks really prototypish right now. And I think that's why a lot of people are shunning it, you know, because if you look at it, like I'm looking at a picture of it, it, like a it, it does. With, yeah, it does just look like a speaker with LED lights and it just plays one album, you know, but it could be the first step of something so much bigger. And I don't think a lot of people are paying attention to that. So do I think it's a revolutionary device? Yes, because it has so much potential to be a lot more. And think about how much y'all paying these these services already anyway. So it's like if more and more people down the line start partnering with partnering with Kanye with this stem player. So it's like, okay, it's it's this amount of artists on this stem player right here. A lot of people can shun the the Spotify's, the Apple Music, and you don't even have to pay them that five dollars, the ten dollars that you already paying them. You can pay what you, you can just pay that two hundred, and that's just be a one time fee. And you got all your favorite artists or all the artists that are on the stem player for $20. I think that would be a good investment. Not right now because it's only one person, but down the line, if more and more people partner with him, this can be a very good investment and a way to support your favorite artists without having to go through streams. You can support them in a way bigger way as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Moving forward with Kim Potter. She only got two years for the killing. Uh, yeah, so today uh, there was this article that dropped explaining how Kim Potter, uh, if you guys don't know who Kim Potter is, she was the one who killed Dante Wright, where she, quote unquote, mis- mistook her gun, her taser for her gun, or however you want to phrase it, gun for the taser. And she was only sentenced to two years. And it's just insane to me because the, the City Girls rapper, JT, she came out on Twitter and she said, how does this lady who killed somebody who's supposed to have 26 plus years of experience, she gets the same amount of time I got for doing fraud? Like, that just doesn't add up, bro. It, it doesn't make sense. So, Potter, it says right here Potter is not at risk of reoffending. She will serve about 16 months of her sentence in prison, and the shooting was deemed a mistake. And I think it's just a total slap in the face to us. I understand uh Derek Chauvin he went down I understand uh Ahmaud Arbery like his his people they finally went down so we get bits and pieces of justice but it has to be consistent bro we can't have a a Kevin Rittenhouse situation where he don't he get off completely but you guys give us one or two people that actually do get caught like no this needs to be consistent Kim Potter needs to be in prison like she needs to be doing 25 to life whatever sentence that makes sense for real, not this two-year, you know, BS when you literally kill somebody, there's no excuse. Like, if you're a pilot for 26 years, I don't want to hear anything about you didn't know, you thought this was this. Like, no, people are trusting you to fly this plane, you know what I'm saying? So same thing with a with a police officer. You know, you've been a vet for 26-plus years. Who knows how many people you've wrongly trained if you don't know the difference between your taser and your gun. Like, it's just so much stuff that goes into this, bro, that it's, it's just sad, bro. So rest in peace to Dante Wright. Uh, shout out to his family. You know, you guys will get justice. In, in God's eyes to me since you couldn't get it through the, the right way, the legal way. But shout out to y'all. And she's in a field where she cannot make mistakes, bro. And, that, and that's mm-hmm. the thing. And she has to be punished for that. Two years obviously is not enough, but we know what the, we know what the game is at this point. And I think that's why we can't get 
uh, we can't get uh, get jaded by by all of this. We can't fall into the trap of oh they give us a couple of oh things are going to change type of thing. Right. Like we have to keep our foot on their neck when it comes to things like this, bro, because they will continue to sweep things under the rug and try to uh, hide this from the media. Like oh she only got two years. They really didn't want people to know about this. They really wanted mm-hmm. his killing to go unnoticed and her sentencing to go unnoticed. But people ended up finding out, and more people became outraged by it. So. Like you said, she could find justice in uh, in other ways. You know what I'm saying? She could get touched in jail. I don't know, man, but it's just a, a crazy situation, bro. Definitely crazy. Um, moving forward, we have trans swimmer goes to NCAA finals. Yeah, so right here, got an article right here. So it says, University of Pennsylvania swimmer Leah Thomas, who has been the center of the heated national debate over transgender athlete inclusion in school sports, won all three of her individual races and a team relay at last week's Ivy League championship at Harvard, setting the stage for her appearance at next month's NCAA finals. So I just think this is crazy because she's 22 years old. Uh, She came in first in the 500, 200, and the 100-yard freestyle, and she won their team swimming event. And I I just – I can't approve, bro. Like, I have no problem with gay people. I have no problem with trans people. I was about to say that. Y'all, I was about to say, is that not illegal? <laughs> y'all, y'all need y'all own sport, bro. You you just do. Like, you're a dude. Like, I'm looking at the picture of her right now. It's like, you're you're a dude, bro. And you're swimming against women. I know we all want equality and everything. But it's like, come on, bro. Like, there's clearly a different advantage. You got the body of Michael Phelps. And these women don't. Like, it's just not It's not fair to me, bro. I, I don't think. I agree. And then it wasn't it a situation like this before? Before, mm-hmm. where it was swimming too, and uh, it was a another trans person, one. yeah. Oh, so you remember it too? So it was like a trans yeah. swimmer, but they they disqualify her. She couldn't race anymore against like other women because she was like a man. She was born a, mm-hmm. a, a boy, so she couldn't race against other women. So I thought this was high key illegal anyway, or you would get disqualified if that was found out anyway. So I'm surprised that. They're allowing it now in the NCAA finals. That's crazy, bro. Because is this going to be allowed if uh if Thompson if she decides to try and go to the Olympics? Like, are they going to allow this? Because she's doing it in college. She has a chance to go to the NCAA championship for swimming now with all three of these, well, all four of these race visuals and one team relay. Like, are you going to allow that to take uh, take it a step further to the Olympics? That's the question that I have right now. And at that point. It's like, are we just going to include all genders in every sport at this point? I don't think we will. So how can you be a a man turning into a woman dominating a woman's sport? Like, it's kind of like me. It's a real-life Joanna man situation. Like, (laughs) that's really what the world is turning into. Once again, I don't want to disrespect gays. I don't want to disrespect trans people or whatever. Like, it ain't none of my business. You do you, but... Is it's kind of like a come on, like that's really an unfair situation. Even if it's a woman turning into a man to play men's sports, like I, I think that's just like a no. Like you, y'all need y'all own sport. If it's that many of y'all, y'all need y'all own sport for real. Yeah, it's a it's a point where you can be accepting of somebody's sexuality and what they do with the uh, with their life, but you can't allow certain advantages, especially if you're at a college level and a high level such as this. You, you just can't allow it, bro. You can accept it and say, okay, yeah, it's fine with you being a trans person, but we cannot allow this, bro. Uh, so, yeah, this, this is crazy shit, bro. <laughs> I yeah, wouldn't that, allow that it. That was wild. I mean, I, 
Especially when I heard about this story before. Like, it was a girl that got in trouble for this before. So it's definitely crazy that somebody is getting away with it now. Exactly. And moving forward, we got Florida schools to implement financial literacy. Yes. So Florida lawmakers are considering making a literacy course a requirement for high school graduation as more states seek to improve youth's understanding of how to manage their personal finances. And it says right here, a bipartisan bill winding its way through the state house of representatives would require high school students to earn a half credit in personal financial literacy and money management. If passed, the bill would take effect starting 2022-2023 school year with students entering the ninth grade and make Florida the sixth state to require taking a standalone course in financial literacy for graduation. So I think this is great. A lot of these classes out and we damn sure didn't get to learn this. We we learned it as Sanderlin, you know, as summer camps and stuff like that. But this wasn't really a requirement in high school. I don't even think we even had anything close. We had economics, macro and microeconomics, but it was kind of like, uh, this is just teaching us. You know, it's just teaching us how to get the grade. It's not teaching us life skills. And I've been saying this for a long time. It, it needs to be implemented back into the schooling system. So I'm glad they're doing this because it's going to teach you about taxes. It's going to teach you about credit. It's going to teach you about loans and just the, the basic needs of survival with checking and savings accounts, bro. Like we, we need to teach people that before they turn 18 and they're out in the world by themselves you know so i think ninth grade is the perfect grade to start that by that way by the time you grown for real you have no excuse and that's all a part of breaking generational curses without us feeling like it's a family burden at that point we could send our kids to school and think you know they're at least learning some type of you know a beneficial factor for their lives you know they, they can't learn it all in school but the school needs to do their part and i think this is a great step yeah, this shit honestly was passed, dude, man. <laughs> they need to pass it in every city, every state. This needs to be passed, man, because honestly, like you said, a lot of people could benefit from it. And I know in St. Petersburg, we didn't have anything when it comes to financial literacy in our in our school system. The only thing we had was Finance Park, really. I don't even remember Sandal even teaching that, honestly. I remember that more from Finance Park, but Finance Park was more so like you there for a day. And you got you act you act you act like you're in a certain position. You gotta set certain budgets. Like it's cool, like when you're like in eighth grade when you go to finance park. But after that, like we don't learn anything else. It just felt like it was a field trip and we learned nothing really. Yep. So it's like it's good to actually have a class. You sit down, you talk seriously about money, and you can see like the the pitfalls, and you can see how you can get um, and you can see how you can uh, increase your finances and things like that. So this is great to me, bro. This this needs to be passed everywhere because we need it. I totally agree. And that's honestly it. Uh, I had the Kanye West genius act one reaction. Uh, I don't know if you watched it or not, but. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, that, that shit fire, bro. Part two. Part two going to be crazy, bro, because we're we going to get to see him. I'm ready to see him record through the wire with his jaw shut, bro. I'm ready to see this footage. Like, But at one. That one was phenomenal, bro. Watching this man go into Rockefeller Records and play All Falls Down and nobody gives a damn and people are at it like it's not fire. That If that don't inspire you to bet on yourself when nobody else will, bro, I don't know what will, bro. Because I was pissed off watching that. 
Like people were just sitting there like, okay, cool. Like it sounds straight. Like one of his best songs of all time. Like people just had no reaction. And then you see, um, you see the whole situation of Jay-Z kind of embracing him, but not embracing him fully yet, you know, and all that type of stuff. And Donda, Donda was pulling my heartstrings every time I seen her and just the way she uplifted him and everything and him stepping to uh to one of his idols when one of his idols dissed him before he even got big for real. There's a lot of shit Kanye, in that one. There's a lot Kanye, of shit Kanye that been way. through some shit, bro. Like Kanye been through some shit. It honestly taught me that Kanye has been the the same person that he is today, but he just has money. Honestly, like he's always been this confident guy, willing to do whatever, willing to go off the the beaten path. Like everything that he was making at that time period was something that was never made before. And he even said it in the documentary. It was like, and that's why nobody was really banging with it because nobody knew that type of sound before. So he had to bust through that lane already. And that's why we see Kanye now making these, these STEM players and things like that. He's doing things that everybody else and a lot of people wouldn't do running for president, shit like that, because he's just that confident in himself because he's done it before. Nobody believed in this route, but I took this route and I got to this point. Kanye has been the same person, bro. He's still the same person to this day, bro. He just got money now, bro. That was the main takeaway. Like you said about Donda. Donda definitely touched my heart. That one quote she made about, um, damn, the like, giant you can be in a, the mirror and sees nothing. Oh my God. She just said that mm-hmm. shit in the, in the living room, bro. Like it was nothing. <laughs> in the living room, bro. <laughs> and bro, I, I, I really want to have more like English major friends. I think he said his mom was like an English teacher or something like that, because I had a couple of friends who were English majors. And when you talk about them being so well read and them like dropping so many gems, it's just like, bro. And it it, it honestly be off the cuff because they've read so much. It's like, that shit comes natural, Mm -hmm. bro. So certain shit like that, like a, a giant looks in the mirror and sees nothing like nobody else would think of that type of quote. You know what I'm saying? Except for like English majors that are so well read like that, bro. So that should be and me. the fact that she she not only thought of that quote, well, not thought of it, but she remembered that quote to tell him. She was able to just expound on it and like really explain it at the same time. She said, "You can be so high up and still be grounded at the same time." And I just like I never would have thought of anything like that, bro. So that was crazy. So this, this next uh this act two. Like, I think the episode probably going to end with him losing his mom. I think that's how Act 2 is going to end. Act, it's going to start. they're building it up. They're building it up. Yeah, yeah they're building it up. It's going to start with him getting in the car accident and finishing college dropout. And I think when it gets around to, like, the last minute or so, we're going to see Donda passing. And Episode 3 is going to be, I think it's going to be from, it's going to be a lot of flashes of his products. And then we're going to get a, a look of the Kanye now. I think that's what episode three is going to be. I think episode three is more so going to be like the evolution of, of Kanye. Because Kanye always pushed the boundaries. But I think more so it's going to be like the we started to get the Yeezus. Because Yeezus, it was more so like experimental when it came out. So I would like to see them like expound on like why he went in that direction when he was making so many great projects with, uh, you know what I'm saying, with... Uh, What's that one project, bro? Uh, damn, got Good Morning on that shit. I'm blanking on that. Oh, uh, graduation. Graduation. You got graduation, college, uh, dropout. You had late registration, late registration, and then you go to Jesus. Like, what was the the cause of that evolution into that type of sound? Like well, the life we, of Pablo. We had sound, and heartbreaks too. We had eight uh, and heartbreaks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But that was more so put with like that was more so 
in the college dropout type shit. Oh, oh, you're talking about like just being I'm talking about when he actually turns ex- yeah, when he actually turns yeah. like experimental, like what caused that? Did you just feel like okay, I'm just getting bored with this shit, I want to try something new like or was it uh, uh, an event that happened that made you go in this direction? Because everything that you just said, those four albums, those were classic. So it's like just keep doing what you're doing, but then you went in the Jesus route. What caused that? That's something that I want to that that that's a good point. I ain't I ain't think about it. That that would be hard to see, but the dude um recording, bro. Like I can always forget his name, but the dude that Cor- recorded Cody, 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 Cody. Yeah, it, yeah. It was, I about to say it was Cody. Um, the fact that he literally gave up a good job of being a TV host, like Channel yeah. Zero and all that, you gave good journalism media reporting job and said i'm just gonna follow this guy around and just record his life because he is something about him like that's one of those situations bro where like god really just told you to do that because nobody else in their right mind would do that like follow somebody that does not have a guaranteed shot in making it in something and you just drop everything you choose to follow this person and record everything they do like that that ain't nothing but god bro so that that was just really genuine to see. And every time they recorded something, it was like, this is the documentary. Like, and I think uh I forgot who said it, but they was like, Oh, you you finishing it up? And Kanye was like, No, nah, we we just getting started for real. Yeah. <laughs> so like him, him meeting Pharrell, Beyonce, like all these people, and making legendary music. Like he played Jesus Walks for Scarface, and Scarface was like I can't see myself on this. Like what? Yeah. Like that. That shit is crazy, bro. Like shit, he playing. He walking around playing classics two, three years before he actually dropped the album. Yeah, that, that shit was crazy. But definitely shout out to to, uh, to Cootie though, man, because it, it takes. A, and he was well known too. It wasn't just like he was That's some around the way ass nigga. He was because when Kanye goes a lot of places, they know him too for the Channel Zero reporting that he used to do so it wasn't like he was just some some low-level dude so it's like he gave up all of that to be the cameraman for, for Kanye that, that's dope and I, I hope he's getting a lot from this because I know he had to drop a lot left a lot of opportunities behind because he was doing all the this being a documentarian I hope he's getting paid I hope Kanye is cutting him a huge check for what Netflix is cutting him because he this is really his after, after everything because it was this was his journey too and I'm glad mm-hmm. they're they're adding his story in too. Like he yeah. showed his family at the end. I'm glad they're showing that too. I'm glad it's just not all about Kanye because somebody gave up their career for this shit. It was just like a nigga was just doing this on some some you know being annoying type shit. Like he gave up his life. So yeah, I definitely fuck with that too. And uh, that once that one situation, bro, uh, where one of his um his idols, one of his mentors, ended up dissing yeah, him bro. up. Oh my god, bro. And it makes you realize why Kanye is the person that he is, bro. Niggas like that, you know what I'm saying? And why he's so easy to cut off people nowadays. You know what I'm saying? Like Kid Cudi, he feel like Kid Cudi disrespecting him. I can't rock with you. You know what I'm saying? You can see like where the root of that, you know what I'm saying, that emotion, Mm. and you know what I'm saying, or where that character came from. So it makes a lot of sense. It it hurt to watch that part, bro, because... It, it happens in real life. It happens yeah. with people you know and everything. It's like like they were literally sitting together, like talking we're literally great about hours each other before. And yeah, <laughs> and then hours later, you find out, dude, dissing you, and it's like I was just sitting here telling you like how I look up to you, how you're the reason I even started making beat third, and just because 
I'm getting a little buzz and your name isn't being brought up while I'm getting buzz. You you feel the need to diss me? Like I ain't even make it yet. Like <laughs> it ain't even no clear. But that's why that when niggas see what's in you, they see your potential. Exactly, they see bro. their potential is your potential is bigger than theirs, and they start to hate. He was already hating, and Kanye wasn't there, but he's seen the potential. Oh, you working with Jay Z? You working with uh this person, that person? Oh, oh damn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you working with uh Scarface? Oh, you working with all these people? Oh, now he hate because he don't want to be a part of his story. Like nigga, I just told you to your face, you were a part of my story. There's nothing better than me actually telling you to your face. I didn't forget about you, nigga. But you want to be, you wanted to be in the media. Come on, man, fuck all that bullshit, dog. That shit For killed real, me, bro. Right? But that's real life shit, though. Like you said, that's real mm-hmm. life shit. Real life shit, man. So, like you said, that 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 uh that documentary has been amazing. Loved Act One. This whole thing is gonna be great. What what do you think will be bigger? Do you think Last Dance will be bigger by the end of this run? Last Dance will be bigger than this Genius documentary. I personally think Genius will be better. Genius is going to go down as one of my favorite, if not damn near my favorite documentary of all time. But there are more sports fans. There are more Michael Jordan fans than there are Kanye fans. Like There are people who just love the the fantasy and the the realization of Michael Jordan and what Michael Jordan did compared to people who like really love Kanye like that. And it is, this is a documentary that the average hip hop fan or the average, you know, Kanye listener or whatever, like that don't really know about him. They're going to learn about him and learn to appreciate him as they watch this documentary, as opposed to with Michael Jordan it's like we're just getting to relive a lot of stuff or we're getting to see stuff that we always heard about but didn't know. As to where with Kanye, it's like you, a lot of people are looking at you like you're not who you used to be and they're kind of already in the, in the mind of I don't want to watch it. But then as they watch it, they'd be like, damn, like you really was like that nigga. Like, and you still are. You're just in a different headspace than you were 20 years ago. Yeah, I think that last dance will... Uh, I'm talking about, yeah, in terms of numbers, I think Last Dance would be bigger because you got to think about the time period that Last Dance came out, too. Because you remember when Last Dance came out? One shit going on, sports. We were in the house. We were in the house. It was nothing to do but watch the Last Dance documentary. So that had 10 parts. I think that was like five weeks in a row we was reviewing that. So, yeah, and we still was like checking in every week on that shit. So I think that Last Dance will be will be bigger. But this shit will be right up there with it, bro. Because this this is never before seen footage. And you see the rise exactly. of somebody, bro. Even when you know where somebody's going to end up, like to see the humble beginnings is always great to see, bro. Because we, we didn't see a lot of this, bro. Like, we, we yeah. really did not see Kanye being rejected by everybody. We didn't see him, you know, uh, struggle the way he did. See him, bro, you made half of the blueprint and niggas don't want to sign you? Like, oh my God. I would, like, that. that's why I said, bro, like, this is a story that will teach you bet on yourself. Do not give up on yourself. Do not shun your dream. It don't matter what everybody else is saying. If you feel like you're going to make it, bet on that. And that's what Kanye is showing me, bro, because he, he said it in the car. He said it in the MTV interviews. Like, I, it ain't no cocky shit. It's just I, I know I'm that guy. And even Donda told him, she was like, I don't want you to silence yourself. I don't want you to not be a star you can't be a star and not be a star like you have to have that certain umph about you you got to have that can't nobody fuck with me mindset in order to get where you want to be and be who you want to be so 
Yeah, this shit has been great. So definitely gonna give you guys a reaction for Act Two next week. But let's move forward. What past the Ox? What we got for this week? Uh, let it all work out by Little Wayne. Like I, I've been on my Wayne flow heavy, and that's honestly one of my favorite songs by him of all time. Let it all work out. Mm, I got Street Love by Bank Road Freddy. Um, uh, I didn't know all of them were like a part of that group of like Fujiano, like the the Gucci Man group, like uh, Fujiano, Fushi, Big 30. Yeah, the new 10. I didn't mm-hmm. know all of them was like in that group together. I just started listening to uh, Bankroll Freddy. That nigga slot. I didn't know Fujiano was in jail. I was just starting to listen. Oh, to yeah, he's been in jail for a minute, bro. That's what I'm like. Damn, yeah. bro. I, see, I think I seen his girl. Uh, what's her name? Renee? Oh, uh, Rennie Rucci. Rennie Rucci. Oh, yeah, Rennie Rucci. I see her post something about him. I was like, this nigga in jail, bro. Yeah. I was just starting to listen to his music, dog. To the That's mayor. Crazy. Yeah. The bro. To the mayor. That's crazy. Yeah, Bayroll just... Freddy like that, though, bro. Like, Bayroll yeah. Freddy is hard, bro. Damn, that's crazy about food. He got five years, too. I'm like, damn, that's crazy as fuck, bro. That's crazy. And uh, let's move forward with uh, movie and show reviews. Uh, yes, uh, Snowfall. Like we said at the beginning of the episode, Snowfall premieres Wednesday night. We will do episodes every Thursday, recapping each episode uh, throughout the season. Uh, Power Book 4, uh, Force, the, the Tommy series, we're going to do a mid-season review, like Quincy said. So we're going to do mid-season and final season review. We still got The Heart of They Fall, Red Notice, Batman uh, with Robert Pattinson comes out next week on March 4th. March 30th, we got, uh, what's call it, Moon Knight. April, we got Morbius. Like, heading into this spring and this summer, we we got a lot. And you already know what dropping in May. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Dr. Yeah. Strange. You already know what's dropping Multiverse. in May. X-Men uh, finally making an appearance. It's, it's going to be crazy, bro. It's going to be crazy as hell, man. Uh, but, Edgar, you can hit up with the social media. You can follow us on Twitter at QE Podcast One. You can follow us on Instagram, Q A N D E Podcast, Facebook and YouTube, Q and Sign E Podcast. And our Gmail is Q A N D E Podcast at gmail.com. Yes, and definitely subscribe to our, uh, all of our podcast platforms. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Our Heart Radio. So definitely check us out. Uh, and definitely subscribe to the QE Media page. That is Q A N D E Media.com. Um, follow us on Instagram, Q-A-N-D-E Media, and our Twitter is Q-E Media. We appreciate you guys for listening, and we out. Peace.